0: Welcome to The Player's Voice, a podcast brought to you by the Gaelic Players Association in collaboration with Real Talks. My name is Alan O'Mara. I'm the host of this podcast, a former Cavan goalkeeper, and I now work as a performance and well-being consultant with sports and business leaders around the world. For our first episode of 2023, I'm delighted to be joined by Tyrone's All-Ireland winner and All-Star goalkeeper Niall Morgan. During our conversation, Niall talks about the challenge of juggling family, sport, and career commitments. He reflects on the highs of winning the All-Ireland Football Championship and chats about the need for himself and Tyrone to get back to basics this season. He also discusses the importance of switching off, developing confidence, and remembering that there is a person behind each and every inter-county player. This podcast series is brought to you as part of bio 360 a GPA program that empowers intercounty players across four key areas. Life skills, well-being, dual career, and transitions. Please go to bo360.gaelicplayers.com to learn more. But for now, please sit back, relax, and enjoy The Player's Voice with Niall Morgan. Noel Morgan, you're very welcome to The Player's Voice. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thanks very much for having
0: me, Alan. Thank you. Yeah, we'll start with, I'm looking there, I think you're you're sitting in a school office so you're you're hiding away somewhere, haven't done a day's work. So where are you? What have you been up to? Like, wh- who are you teaching or what are you teaching?
1: Yeah, so I recently, well, just the start of September, started a new post. I'm now a teaching principal in St. John's, Aglish, which is in Onochmore, County Armagh. So uh, across, across the border, uh teaching P six and P seven as well as well as the principal, so classroom three days and office two days. Um so it's it's interesting.
0: What's the difference between that, say, and a regular teaching post or what's that kind of transition like for anyone that doesn't know, including myself?
1: Yeah, well it was it's in terms of difference, like um I was teaching in Eden Dark primary school for eight years and you know, like the my last three years there I was teaching primary six just. Uh, so we had a straight straight class, um, of in around thirty children most years, um, whereas in Onochmore it's a smaller school, it's a country school, um, and I'm like I'm fourteen in my class now, so ten primary six and four P sevens, um. Some people think it's it's easier then, but you you're still covering the same same level of curriculum and stuff, And um, I suppose the biggest difference is that there's there's now uh more responsibility land at my door. Uh, Thursday and Friday in the office, you're, you're sort of trying to tidy things up and get policies in line and, suppose, get, get my head around the different side of of the office desk, I suppose, and trying to l- learn my way through it. And, I suppose, I guess,
0: was teaching something, Niall, as, as a profession, as a column, was that something you kind of always saw for yourself or a kind of way of life that you always saw for yourself?
1: Yeah, well, I was was always pretty good in school and enjoyed school, and um, but... And whenever I was first year in St Patrick's Academy 2003, uh, Tron just won the All Ireland. And at the end of September of that year, and Kieran Gurley was my maths teacher, and he, he brought in the All Ireland medal and he passed it around the class. And whenever I seen that you could be a teacher and, and win All Ireland medals, that was just my, my mind made up. So from, from first year, basically, in my academy days, that's whenever the it became a reality that that was, that was what I was going to do when I were older. And
0: I suppose then as a kid you're looking up and you see you have a clear role model and then there's kind of a, you're able to join up two things in your brain almost straight away of, oh, this could work for me. I suppose on the practical side of it now, like as an adult and further down the path and practically working every day, what is the thing, I suppose, that you enjoy most about teaching? Like what is the, I suppose a lot of the time we'll hear cliches or people like, oh, you're a GA player, you must be a teacher, that'll pop up every now and again but i suppose practically in your day to day life like what is it about teaching what is it that you enjoy the most
1: i will every, everybody says the only reason we're teachers is because of july and august and but like you enjoy the satisfaction out of out of seeing people succeed get better going from you know not being able to do something to being able to do it and and really you know you're you're constantly building building People's confidence around you, and I think that's why I sort of wanted to move into the the principal side of things as well. Like because I enjoy like team building basically, and and boosting morale, and um being part of a team environment. And I think like in a school, it's the same idea as being on a football team. Like you're you're part of a, a group of people that want to make things better for others. Um. So like just just enjoy know, giving people the opportunity to succeed and, and get the best out of themselves.
0: Yeah, no, totally. And I suppose that would link in then in terms of making that transition from being a, a direct teacher to, I think technically you described yourself as a teaching principal. Did I get that correct? That's it, yeah. I suppose is that part of your motivation to be able to oversee maybe an environment more and a culture more within like a building, within a within a school in terms of having more kind of whether it's not necessarily control but kind of more influence over the type of place you want that to be for the kids that are coming in every day and you said trying to develop people trying to improve people and ultimately I'm sure they need that trying to create a place that people want to come to and enjoy
1: and can be themselves definitely that's that's exactly it you whenever you're in a classroom and you're teaching you've you've got sort of you're you're overseeing what's going on within your classroom but I always like the idea of being able to to help others uh, on a on on a wider scale and you know like You always have a vision of what you would like the school to be, but whenever you're you're teaching it's hard to actually implement that and and make it a reality. So like getting the opportunity to become a principal and sort of change things and and try to, to help a staff to to feel like they're really wanted and really want to be there and that they want to influence children's, you know, livelihoods. In a, in a positive manner is, is probably what what set me in, on, on the journey of, to become a principal like um, obviously there there is more responsibility that comes along with it and probably more stress and uh, more phone calls and stuff but like as I said I enjoy that uh, I suppose it's it's a leadership role within the, within the, the school uh, building and within the, the, the team that we have together here as a staff so it's it's something that I, I'm enjoying doing and I'm I'm looking forward to to, procre- to progressing in my career in it.
0: And was there any part to you, as I said, I'm missing to you there in terms of, you know, like a leadership role, there's kind of those extra responsibilities or pressures that come with it. I'm just curious, was there any part of you that was like, actually, maybe if I'm still playing here, should I just kind of stay in my lane and be a teacher and kind of kick that can down the road? Was that like... An internal conversation for yourself, or it something you talked out loud with with your partner or friends? Was that would that have played would that have popped up in your mind during the process?
1: Absolutely, yeah. Well like I'm married to uh, wife Ciara now. We got married twenty seventeen. and um, like I was twenty five. A lot of people would say it's very young to be getting married. We've two young kids. Christy just turned three in January and Maisie will be two now at the end of March. So like there's a lot going on at at home, never mind within the, the county setup and then the club setup, and um, we've done my master's and graduated last year. Um, and like so there, there is loads happening, but like me and my wife had the conversation and I'm just not the sort of person that enjoys sitting still and you know I always want to be pushing myself on and moving on to the next step and like that's, that's she's so supportive and she's always there and she's you know without her being at home and, and giving the time and support to the family that whenever I'm not there uh, she's a teacher herself and she, so she knows the, the pressure and stress that come with the job in general and whenever I talked about going on to be a principal she she was ultra supportive but you know she just said it wouldn't be for her and it's not something that she, she would want to be doing but um, it's it's just to say I'm just one of them sort of people that always wants to be moving forward and, and progressing and it just seemed like the natural step for me to to start looking this way.
0: Yeah, and then I suppose like listen to you there, you know, you talk about so there's there's working in terms of being a teacher and then stepping up into a principal now. Like you mentioned, doing a masters there, which I'm I'm guessing was that tied in with wanting to become a principal. Was that was that linked to that yeah.
1: position? Yeah, it was masters in leadership and education. Excellent.
0: Um, and then you mentioned obviously being a dad, having a young family at home, being a GA player, both club and county. And I suppose I'm just curious kind of how you find juggling all those commitments like, and kind of what, what helps you to do that. I suppose like in terms of the player's voice, we've been having conversations with a whole right, wide range of, of, of male, female players about life on and off the pitch. And just as you kind of described that, I suppose that busyness that kind of into your life, I'm sure, at different stretches, I suppose I'd be curious as to maybe what... I suppose what helps you
1: juggle those and kind of helps you look after yourself within all that I think uh, the biggest thing for me personally is time management and you know having a plan for what's happening um, even like if, like a mid, midterm break uh, whenever it comes up like I'll have a plan of of what's going to happen each day uh, be it like that I'm going golfing be it Kira having appointments uh, hey, be it Days with the kids, like I just always want to have a plan of things. When when training's going to be, if training changes, like it, it frustrates me if there's like late notice to th- to things changing. I just I, I like the routine. I suppose that's why maybe school works for me as well. That you know you have the routine of you know when you're going to be working, when the holidays are going to be, um, and then like you sort of follow the, a similar routine each day, and that you know what the the kids are going to be learning and stuff, um. So I think I think time management and, and being planned and prepared is huge, um for for anybody that's going to step into uh, an important role, be that in in a place of work or be it in a county team that they're they're managing themselves effectively,
0: and I suppose like. Time management is, is a, a buzzword or a phrase that will get thrown around a lot and be like, oh, you need to get better at time management. I know for sure I remember a, a manager telling me that at one point when I was playing and I'm sure I've said it to other people in terms of work. But I suppose practically the question after you is like, how do you go about that? Like, are you, is that like, is it a calendar on the computer? Or are you pen and paper? Like, is it... I know. I spoke to I actually spoke to Philly McMahon before on on the podcast, and he talked about like you know color blocks on a calendar. Like practically, how do you go about kind of observe like managing that, observing that, and making sure you are you are looking after that end of yourself? It, it just depends on
1: you know what it's for. So like my timekeeping, like uh, even some boys hearing me talking about time management, they'll be laughing like because I am nearly all late all the time for for everything that I do. And um, but like in terms of um. Like in school, like you obviously have your, like every day is planned at least a week in advance, just in a Word document. Then like it feeds into your next week's planning. So you're, you're constantly on, on the Word document in terms of what you're teaching. For the office job, I'm just constantly writing notes in my diary. Um, so like that one of them is going from always being, you know, documented in a computer to being handwritten. Um, in terms of like as I said about planning midterm breaks and stuff it's just on the notes section of my phone you know what what needs to be done Um, even in terms of like coming up to the summer like things that we want to do and just make a list of stuff on, on the notes and just tick them off as we go or delete them as we go so just I think it doesn't have to be like a one size fits all for everything but it's finding a way that that works for you for whatever it is that you're looking to plan like and then Obviously the Tyrone side of things we've got our our team app where, where all the sessions are, are detailed for in in it for us so um it just just depends what what I'm looking to ma- manage like i wouldn't have i don't really use the calendar on my phone in terms of the dates but i, I will, i'll will i like write in in the notes section as i say just like say july the first day, first day of summer <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and 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 what probably a uh, golf summer. Um, but I'm with, like just go through go through it like that.
0: And then I suppose as I'm listening to you, there kind of talking about like I suppose and recognizing those different commitments you have to juggle and to fulfill. How important has is time for yourself and all that? and I appreciate that's probably easier said than done, and you've got like all that stuff that you've described, including family life and sport life. But do you make time for yourself
1: within all that? Is that something that's important to you? And I suppose if you do, how do how do you go about that? But uh, definitely like I, I'm keen I love playing golf like golf is is my time to to get away and again uh, only for having a, a wife that's very understanding like golfs not something to pop out of the house for for an hour to play like you know you could be away for five or six hours at a time um and like that's sort of my my headspace is is playing golf and the lad that I play with most of the time uh, Joe Timlin he's a uh, like he's he, he's into football but like he knows when to talk about it and when I don't want to talk about it which is great because it is a time to get away and a time to to just go and relax and, and talk about things outside of football and um, it's he, he's really good at knowing when he needs to needs to probe at me for, for what's wrong <laughs> if, if there's a club <laughs> flinging through the air or something uh, he knows to start probing Um, but no it's it's, it's I think it's it's something that everybody needs to have is like something away from what's taken up the majority of their time. So like if it is county football, you need to have something that is your switch off mode where you can go and if it is a golf course, if it's the cinema, wherever it is, that you can just sit back and switch all off and, and have a bit of time to yourself that you can not think rather than think. Yeah, like I
0: think that's, I think that's such an important point and you know, like you talk about a lot of the time, or certainly in often in the world, we get caught up in that kind of cult of business where I'm kind of going from here to there and then there to there. And almost we can, time management becomes just kind of making sure you get all your tasks done or kind of doing all those things. And I'm always kind of just curious as the benefit or how people find that space. I think golf is the one you've described there to find that kind of, maybe you can find a bit of a flow or I suppose, do you ever, would golf say, do you ever struggle in terms of getting like take at yourself in terms of cuz you, you start trying to think you need to be really good at this or is it something that you can relax into and actually kind of
1: use as an escapism uh, it's a, it, i suppose it depends like the the problem with playing along with well the good thing and the problem with playing along with Joe is he's really good so he he plays off like scratch or plus 1 plus 2 um i'm i play off six so i'm trying to keep up with him and on days it's it's great cuz you you're kind of close to him and then other days you're you're so far away and you're nearly frustrated because you're you're not as good. <laughs> um, but it look, there's days I go out and it's just like right I'm just going out here to get my head showered for for four hours and I'm just going to enjoy the fresh air. And then there's other days that you know there maybe is something that has annoyed you and suddenly the the golf seems to annoy you even more. So um, but I, I, look it's just something that I, that I really enjoy doing and something that I I can get away from and just think in terms of that time management thing again like I would always have a switch off time in terms of work like you know I'm stay, i stay late on, on a Monday but like the other days I would have a time where even if I'm not finished you know right it's, it's home time and I need to go home because I see my family or I have training or whatever and I think that's important as well that you don't overdo overdo things on yourself and that you you have a time where you say right enough's enough it's, like I'm I'm always preaching it in school about homework with kids like parents are saying maybe it's taking too long or whatever, but I would be saying like, you know, if they do twenty or thirty minutes, you know, enough's enough sort of thing and let them put away the books and, and do something that they enjoy. They've, they've spent enough time in school and it's the same for, for adults in terms of work. Like you you need to put things away and, and enjoy the, the other things in life.
0: Yeah, I think like have you ever? Is it something you've ever struggled with now? Last couple of years in terms of trying to find that balance between sport, life, work. Like, has there as there ever been times where it kind of creeps in on top of you, or you're feeling like tired or
1: getting close to a burnout or burned out. Has that ever kind of popped up in your life? Uh, I think it's sort of at the in November December time. There was the, was this new job, obviously. Um, it's it's an extra about twenty minutes from home compared to my last job, so I was trying to find the balance of you know getting home. At a good time from school that I could spend some time with my wife and kids before I go to training, because I say on on a Monday like I stay late in school, so I don't really get to see them much on a Monday. Tuesday we're training, and like for for the first while I was literally coming into the door from every fifteen minutes, and like it was nearly upsetting everybody because it was a complete panic and rushing match, and for me to get in, get a bite of food maybe, and get out through the door. So rather than actually getting some decent quality time with them. It was just upsetting everybody's rhythm. Um, so I've only really started to get get it together now in the last couple of weeks where it's you know, I have to I know I have to be out of school at a certain time to get home, to have enough time with with the family. So it's it was, it was tough getting that balance because obviously new in our role and in an important role you, you want to sort of be be setting good examples and you didn't want to be seen as you know he's he's swinging the lead today again and and running home ahead uh, early, early. So I'd say uh, it was it was tough striking that bounce to start with.
0: Yeah, I think like that point like is such an important point of like with particularly with GA players at intercounty level. Like we all, if we're watching it on the TV, sometimes that like detaches you from like the realization of who these people are and that they're they real people out playing the games. Or you know, if someone has a bad game. Like you said, like let's say that happens on Tuesday and Thursday for you, and you don't play as well on Saturday. Like there's real life issues that's kind of popping around in the background or that that you have to juggle. And I suppose like the GPA is an organisation that's tr- tried to and does step up in that space to help players maybe find better sport life balance to manage those issues when they pop up. And I know you're involved with the Gail Players Association and on the National Executive Committee, so I was just kind of curious. Um, what does that mean? Because I'm just even thinking now and always laughed as I said, like that's another layer of commitment on top of being a player or being involved in leadership and Throne. What does that actually mean in terms of your role responsibility there in the group and what motivated you to
1: get involved in that capacity Now, It was, um, I, I've always, I suppose again, maybe people think that I just like to be stuck in the middle of things, <laughs> but like, I always had a view that that players should be treated uh, in a way that is respectful of them and in recognition, I suppose, for the amount of effort and time they do put into things, and you know the the role that the that we play in uh, I suppose in society in general. Like, I know we're in a in a privileged position getting to play for county, and um, but it, there is a lot of stress and and time and pressure involved in it. Um, it's it's not easy at times, like. I sort of look at twenty twenty one, where you uh, you win Ulster and you win all Ireland and you're a great fella, and then look back to last year and we're out early and you know you're meeting people there. The first thing they say, "What happened to you this year? You know what's what's going on up there? I hear such and such had a fight in training, and I hear so." You're you're just thinking like there couldn't be any further from the truth. And even this year, you know we we started okay and um, then put once Derry beat us in the Mechanic Cup final it was everything looks disjointed and it looks like boys aren't getting on and boys don't care and like I sort of talked to the boys about it at the weekend like like nobody on any county team goes and trains three, four nights a week and shows up for a game at the weekend because they don't care or because, because they don't want to be there do you know what I mean and and um, I think right from when I was just into the throne panel uh, I always felt it important that we stood up for ourselves and, and weren't afraid to to you know get a point across if we needed and then uh, whenever Matty took over as captain in 2018 he asked me to be the the player's rep Um don't know whether he asked me to be the player's rep because he, he felt like uh, I was a good influence or because he felt like I wasn't afraid to, to say what I thought um, and that, that involved taking on the GPA role as just a rep and it was something that I enjoyed and enjoyed like Again, trying to help boys to, to progress their careers. Um, try, w- My big thing was trying to get boys away from the notion that the GPA was only there to help you if you were in a bad place. You know, like that, you know, it was only if you had an addiction or if it was only if you were depressed or if it was, you know, that you really, really were in desperate need of help, which they do a lot of unbelievable work in but i was trying to say to the boys like don't get to that stage like you know the gps are to help you before you know you hit a you hit a point where where things get really tough um in terms of like progression in jobs um financial aid um like to help me out with my masters in terms of the financial side of things and they're always trying to push the county players so that whenever they, they retire that they're in a better place than whenever they started and i th- think like I don't think they get enough recognition for what they do in terms of the players. It's always oh, there's the GPA looking more money, you know, off the off the GA. But like, there there probably isn't another organisation where where players uh, face as much scrutiny uh, considering their their amateur status. Um, and like it just then it was a uh, Paul Flynn whenever he t- he was in the he was the CEO and he asked me to to become. Part of the NEC and like it was, I seen it as a as a privilege to, to be part of and to to help and any time as a meeting, I was like I'd say ninety five percent of them, if not them all, I've been part of, and I just see it as a as a position of privilege that that you're being asked to be at the, you know, at the forefront of of the players' body and and people that are really trying to push things on for the players. You mentioned
0: the. You mentioned the scrutiny of of players there, Niall, and like, say, even go back to both in terms of the GPA, but also in terms of throwing, when, like, say, does it, does you lose a game and then, like, people are like, oh, there's this fighting, there's that going on. Like, does that frustrate you at times when, like, obviously, like, I'm I'm, I'm genuinely, and I'm thinking about, like, that the story you described of running into your house to grab your bag and almost upsetting kids and family because you're almost getting in the way of the rhythm to go grab your kit bag, to get out, to go train again. So, like, when you're giving that, I suppose when you're making that sacrifice, giving that effort, does it frustrate you at times? How it can kind of quickly you can flip across to maybe cynicism or frustration or negativity from from people who
1: are, if it's supporters or whoever it may be. Uh, Definitely, um, I I distinctly remember after uh, one of the Kerry games we lost. wasn't the one in 2021. I think it might have been the year before, where where they beat us down in, in Killarney, and we stopped at a shop on the way up the road. And in, in one of the apple greens or something, or and some somebody said to one of our players, "Do you think I spent my hard-earned money to come down and watch that a uh, load of whatever that you put on today?" And you are sort of thinking, like, "Do you think that we put in all the effort and feeling over the last number of months to to play like that? Like you know we we did have an off day like and." You know, that that can happen and, you know, it frustrates the players as much as it frustrates anybody else. And, like, as a player, like, you're so grateful to the people that do spend their hard-earned money uh, coming out to support you and there is those supporters that are really loyal and no matter what are always there, um, you know, trying to pick you up when you're down. I've said it before, like, um, no matter what. Uh, happens in a game I know whenever I come oh, lift up my phone who the, the first four or five messages are going to be from be it whether you win or whether you lose but if you win you know you could have 15, 16 messages or, or more in the case of the all Ireland final where you're sitting with, with hundreds of messages flooding your phone um, so like it's it's frustrating that that people almost think that you've done it on purpose <laughs> you know none of, none of us go out to to lose on purpose, nobody goes out to have a bad game, um, and just different things happen on different days. Um, but yeah, it's it's frustrating that people don't don't sometimes see the the person behind the player. I suppose to, to put it in the a good way.
0: And like even obviously, I think you're probably is this would this year be your tenth year playing with Toronto your level nine? Is, there, a, 11
1: is a, it eleventh year? Yep, yeah, eleventh eleventh year.
0: Right. So like you're obviously on i been around a long time now and kind of at the, the other end where you can maybe look back and reflect and like, I'm just like, yourself as an individual, like with like highs and lows of sport. You obviously have to manage yourself in terms of performance and you can have a good day or a bad day and you've got your internal feelings. But then that kind of noise and all that around it, is that something you've had to get better at in terms of channeling or kind of how have you got better at dealing with that or kind of managing that over the years in a county where like let's be honest like expectation levels are usually high in Toronto and, so how have you got better at that?
1: I come off Twitter for a start.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, no like uh, genuinely like, but, like Were you were you getting crap on Twitter at times like in previous years was there like was oh, yeah, there like stuff
1: coming true? But like uh, again like you would have had your good days where people would have been Keeping the praise on you, and then you'd have sure. what I had the other days where you know we had per game where you had or you'd done something that maybe you shouldn't have done, and you get the other side of it. So like, I just found that I was for a while getting as the saying goes too high with the highs, and then also too low with the lows. So I just thought it was best to to remove myself from from that environment I didn't find that it was was helping me in any way. I suppose. Um. So I just just took myself. Out of the way of it, and I suppose over the years then, yeah like it it is hard at times playing for Trone because everybody expects you to win within Trone, like and that's it's great in a way that they have the belief in you that that you have the ability to go and win games and and win trophies and stuff, but in other times it it's hard because you can almost sense I always say like sometimes before a game you can sense whether things are going to go right. Um, just by, by the mood in the camp or you know how, how things are going in, in training and sometimes it's hard because you're going into a game and you're thinking oh this this just isn't it just isn't going to happen today or um you know again something could have happened to somebody that maybe the players and, and team know about that the outsiders don't know and you're sort of thinking I just hope for his sake that that this goes well and um it doesn't affect his performance so it it can be tough um managing the expectation and then and on the flip side it can be it was a it was a big lesson I had to learn do you know take take things as they come and and not to, to get carried away with with a victory or a defeat like is that something like like, do you think that's something you have to
0: learn the hard way? Is that something that you can preemptively learn and get ahead of if you're trying to like help younger teammates coming through now or if it's wider players in the GPA or like say intercounty players from other counties? Like how, I suppose, like linking that, what you've just said to also your role involved with GPA, like what are what are the biggest challenges you think facing intercounty players at the moment? And I suppose, is there solutions solution slash like how can we help prepare or like be proactive about
1: that? I I always sort of laugh in the like the preseason competitions, you know the majority of time like a new player will get like man of the match, and I always say like, it, at times I feel like it doesn't really matter if they are the best player. I think it's more a case of we can get this boy out to the media here, and you know we'll say say something that maybe he shouldn't say, if, like an an experienced player I suppose wouldn't say, and then. The media's got a nugget that they can they can feed off for for the next couple of weeks, and um, I think it like a lot of it comes down to protecting players, um, taking them out of that sort of scenario. Uh, I know like the media generally complain I find about how they don't get anything out of players, and it's all like empted stuff. Like I I think like it's got to the stage now where players feel that they have to do that because they're afraid of it being twisted. Like I I had the message. Journalist last year, twice because he took quotes that that I had said and changed them into his own words and put speech marks around them and I asked him, and he said, "Oh I didn't think that you'd really mind I, I didn't really change it that much, and I was like you, you, like you, you can't do that like you can't put a quote around something that I actually haven't said um and like uh, like there is a couple of journalists that I genuinely would trust. And there's some that I just wouldn't speak to because I just don't trust how things are going to be portrayed. I've been caught personally a couple of times. Um I said that journalist that I had the message last year and I got caught a number of years ago as well. Um by a journalist um having a general conversation with me and then printing what I what was said um, and saying, Oh, I thought you knew whenever the dictaphone was on that the the interview was live. Um so like I got caught in that circumstance and that was me being probably a bit naive and a bit too trusting um, and I, I promised myself that I wouldn't get caught like that again and I tried to try to pass that on to the younger boys as much as possible and um, I done the media training that the G- GPA uh, put forward as well um, down the communications clinic in Dublin with uh, Owen um, and it was absolutely brilliant Um helped me in terms of media and with, with job interviews as well like so um, we we'll try to push that on our younger boys as well just so they have that, that wee bit of wee bit of training and wee bit of experience and know what they're what they're getting themselves in for Going to like a commu- so the communications clinic like that now where you're choosing to
0: like upskill yourself or listen to what you've described there to kind of been burned in a previous situation or been taken advantage of like what does like,
1: what does going to do something like that like te- does it teach you anything about yourself the whenever I went, it was off the back of the, the incident with Paddy Andrews, and um, where we had our collision, and you know I was sort of worried about how I would answer the question, um, if like we happened to play Dublin later in the year, and the, the media tried to tried to blow it up again or whatever, and going back to the very start of the conversation, like I just always want to upskill, I always want to get better, and and find different ways that that I can Im- improve myself, and you know. I would, I would love to, you know, whenever I do retire, have, you know, a a further career in GA in terms of media and stuff, and it's something that I enjoy doing, enjoy talking about. So, like, I'm just constantly trying to, to help skill and 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 get better at different things.
0: Cause yeah, I think like when you kind of reflect back on, you're the the player persona of Niall Morgan. I think when you kind of come onto the scene, you would have come across like a, a confident player, and it was thrown in with the fact of like just the, like. You were one of the earlier goalkeepers taking freeze as well and coming up the field. And I think anyone watching kind of would see like a highly confident player but like listening to you there be it that media story or kind of some of the other examples you've described in outside, outside of sport. Like, sport like, do you feel like that? have you had to do a body work in terms of building confidence in who you are like as a person and yourself outside a kind of football and like is this? am I picking that
1: up right? Yeah. No, definitely. Like whenever I take the pitch like Football is, is something that I've done since I was three, four years of age and it just nearly comes second nature at this stage. Um obviously you're still always practicing and you're always still trying to get better and you're trying to make sure that you're um up to scratch for whenever you go to play games and stuff, but it's something that I just always feel like whenever I cross the white line that I can be confident and 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 get on with games. Like I absolutely hate pre-game I hate sitting in the dress room I hate the bus journeys um, I'd be very nervous before games like in days leading up to it and that's club games county games doesn't, doesn't matter mechanic up games club friendlies like I'm, I'm generally nervous and like I do like I would have had a lot of self-doubt at different times um, as much as you say like it doesn't come across whenever I take the pitch but that's because like if you showed self doubt on the pitch, you know you may forget about it. Like you're you're not going to get to play county football. You're you're going to be probably easily easily ruffled at, at club level. So it's like you have to put on that persona that no matter what happens in a game, that that you have the belief that you can you can turn it around, or you know that you know how good you can you can be. Like um like the saying you're only as good as your last game. I always say to young lads, you're only as good as your best game because that's how you can perform. Um. So like, if you turn around to a young lad or in a dressing room of young, younger lads and say, you're only as good as your last game and there's somebody sitting in the corner that, you know, had a horrible day the last day out, you know, straight away their confidence is saying, oh, maybe I'm no good at football, you know, and so it's, like I, I would always say, you're as good as your best game and that's the way I see it and, like any time I'm I'm struggling for confidence or whatever, like I would watch clips of of good games or watch good games back and and remind myself how well I can play and and what I can do and what I do offer to the team and like so, like I've had to build my confidence on and off the pitch like not just in terms of 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 my job like or in family life or whatever like it's it's just. I just feel like life in general is a constant work in progress. Like you're you're never finished with, with anything you're doing.
0: And for you, like talking about confidence there, i'll be it on or off the pitch, like when you are having, say you're going through a period of, of low confidence or there's self-doubt coming in, like it sounds like one of the things you were doing there was you, you then scan back to try find some evidence from your past to try and kind of lean back on or use to drive you forward. Is that kind of what you're just, I suppose if anyone's listening in terms of relating to those feelings and just trying to get a better understanding maybe of what did work for you to help a like get through that doubt but then also move forward afterwards
1: yeah that's that's exactly it like, and that's again on the pitch you know it's like there's loads of video footage of of every footballer now uh, club and county level like so you can always you can always find evidence anywhere or if there, there's no video footage I'm sure everybody can remember something that they've done well in different games um then like at home as well you know remembering like whenever you are out of the house a lot it's sometimes you feel like you're letting your family down but it's it's remembering the, the good things that you're doing as well and, and trying to put it into perspective and then in, in the job sense too it's everybody has their bad days and, and work as well and it's it's just put, being able to you know put it aside and say right tomorrow's a different day and and there is room for improvement and we can all improve but I know I can do a good job in that and whether something went wrong or not it can be fixed and and we can move forward and, and we can we can pick it up again um, but like it's just nobody gets it easy um, you know it's everybody has times where where they're struggling you know no matter how they come across to everybody else um, but it's it's knowing that there's there is good days that you've had, and there there will be good days ahead as well. It sounds like those
0: those experiences of of both the highs and the lows that you've you've described already. Like, I mean, is it fair to say like does that do you carry those lessons out? You be if that's like as a teammate in the in the dressing room if you go training tonight or tomorrow, but also then in your day to day life with teaching staff with students, like do you feel like the experiences you've had in terms of those highs and lows have? Like help to widen I suppose your perspective or your awareness of, of
1: what's happening or maybe what's happening around you? I always try to dig back into experiences to, to get me through anything Um, but like at the same time I try to take every day as it comes if that makes sense like it, it might might be a bit contradictory but like you're, you're drawn on, on things that have went well to help you through what's going now like I I'm I'm not I'm somebody that always pushes the limits in terms of like a training, I'm always pushing boys to be better. Um, and sometimes it, it it probably will come across nearly as negative that you're you're picking on people. But it's because I'm trying to push it on that, you know, whenever you do go into a game that you're you're drawn on the positive that things were turned around. Um and drawn from the experience of like I know you're better than that. So I'm not gonna let you lower your standards because of that. Um and that's like, I hold myself to that account, so therefore I hold everybody else around me to the same. Um, and you're drawn on the experiences of, like, if you're going into a big game, like, you know that mediocre isn't going to cut it. Or if you're, you're going into a job interview, you know that, you know, not shaving the night before or not wearing a tie isn't going to cut it, you know, so it's, uh, or in terms of family life, like, learning that, you know, 15 minutes at home isn't going to be enough between school and training. Like it has to be something better, um, and just like trying trying to draw on that to make make things a, a better, uh, or make more progress in things, um, across across life in general.
0: Does that ever get like I suppose it's not exhausting, but like is that ever challenging for yourself there? Or- They say you're talking the training situation there, where you're going. You're not just going down to train with the other goalies, maybe bang a few balls. Like you're kind of going in. You're. It sounds like no matter where you are, you're kind of thinking about the bigger picture, or that you're quite reflective. And I don't know if I'm picking that up. If I'm picking that up incorrect, please feel free
1: to correct me. But it's just something that kind of jumped out at me as I'm listening to you there. I hit whenever people think that it's finished. Like it's nothing's ever finished. Um, Like there's there's no such thing as a finished article no matter like whether you win an All-Ireland or you win 10 All-Irelands like it's, there's nothing finished Um, like and I think that's maybe what happened to us a little bit in 2021 where like for a lot of us we'd spent such a long journey and trying to get to the All-Ireland and we maybe felt like you know right, we've got there you know it's it's finished and like then you go out the next year and you realise that you know you're you're still there, and it's it's like it's not finished and it's not done and like there's improvements to be made and like everybody improves every year. Like I I used to find it so amusing whenever people said that like like people aren't reaching Dublin, you know, or uh, nobody nobody's going, nobody's catching up with them. But it wasn't that everybody was improving, but Dublin were just they were constantly improving as well. Um. And that's that's the biggest challenge is is whether you're going to be content with your lot and, and sit tight or, or keep improving. And it is tiring and it's there's times where you think, right, have I had enough? Like going into this year after a poor year last year, you, like some people were saying, Oh, will will you go back? And like yeah, I was tired and I was exhausted, but like I couldn't wait to get back. You know, Eden Dark finished on the Sunday and I was back on the Tuesday night. A throne, like, and I just like I said to the rest of the team last week, like, like I have no intentions of ever retiring. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's going to take somebody to take the jersey from me to to make me go away, like, and, uh, I just, I, I don't know why, like, some then you hear people are retiring because of oh I've got new commitments in terms of a family, and then you sort of think to yourself. God, am I doing something wrong here? You know, am I like I said here all the time? You know, should should I be retiring? Like, you know, is is this what you do whenever you have kids? You you say right, I've I've new priorities, but like I I want to be I want to be their role model. Like, I want to, them to see see Daddy playing football and think oh, I want to do that. I want I want to achieve, and I want to I want to be good at something. And you know, it doesn't matter whether that's football or or what it is. But if they can see, you know, like me. And even Kira as well, like constantly pushing ourselves on to be the best that we can be. Then surely that only uh, uh, provides good influences for them to to want to achieve and want to be the best they can be as well. Like when when you have those questions
0: or when you have that, when those questions pop in, Jay, because I think like it would only be you wouldn't be human if they didn't, you know, where you do question things or you reflect on something. And then I, I think back to what you talked about there in terms of if you were 10 years on the go trying to win an All-Ireland I think you just lost the final in 2018 and you keep going again. Talk to me a little bit about how winning an All-Ireland does change things because I know it's it's easy to say I know it does and we're back training and we're at it again but I think realistically I have to acknowledge that it does bring new challenges or it does challenge both the collective and the individual. I suppose I'd be curious if, if listen to you there like if it challenged you in any way if it changed anything within you over the last couple of years completely
1: uh like we won all ireland and i got my first all star and you're sort of starting to think right you know now i have got the where i wanted to be in terms of whenever you start playing like my goal was to win all star and win all ireland like that that's that was my ambitions i i wanted to be at the top And then you sort of start thinking, like, right, what do do I have to do now to to keep improving? And my biggest issue, and I've said this before, like, I went away from the things that I was doing that were keeping me at the top. And like, sort of, right, I need to be a wee bit stronger, so I'm going to start doing a wee bit more gym work. But for me to do that, I'm going to have to maybe sacrifice doing a wee bit extra kicking. You know, and like, then you sort of start, at the end of last year, I sort of sat back and thought, now, like, what's more important? kicking or gym work. and like as a goalkeeper he's hitting free kicks. The kicking was more important, but I sacrificed it because I felt like I wanted to get better. so like that's where I was probably a little bit um stubborn in that I felt like you're 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 doing the right thing, you're improving, but I wasn't reflecting enough in terms of what what's the most important to the game here. And I think maybe so, some of us as players went away from what we were doing, that was helping us on the pitch, that was making us a better team. Um, to try to, you know, individually maybe make us ourselves a wee bit better. Um and you felt fa- you were doing it for the right intentions, but it it ended up, you know, pulling us apart a wee bit probably and um it ended up going against us then and, and we didn't perform. And this year, like, we're we're back to back to the basics, you know, back to right what made us good. Um and you know, it it it'll probably be a slow process. It's not gonna be a quick fix because last year was a complete disaster if 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 we call a spade a spade and, and we didn't perform and uh, in in the majority of games and we, we pulled it out of the fire in the league and then, then it all went downhill again after that. Um and I think uh, it's it's going, it 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 keeps going back to the same thing of of wanting to improve. And I'm wanting to get better, and I just don't know whether we had that collective will to really prove people wrong we We kept saying we're gonna we're going to we're going to be the first thrown team to win back to backs that that was the aim you know but did did we do enough to do that? No, because when as I said earlier, when Dublin were improving every year to keep getting away from people. We probably, you know, were, we're stagnant, and if if not, we probably dropped off a wee bit, which which you, you definitely can't do when people are chasing you. And uh, and thrown, as everybody knows, like we we enjoy being the underdog. We enjoy, um, having the chip on our shoulder, and we we maybe just didn't have enough of that chip on the shoulder anymore because we we'd got over the line, um, and now like now it's it's got the stage where, you know, if if you don't. Recovered to an extent where you at least put up a good show you're going to be the team that that was lucky to win an win All-Ireland in, in a in a knock, like a straight knockout season
0: and like when you reflect on the last two two years now like what so i go individually first now, but like what are the two or three biggest like performance kind of clues you reflect on that you go like sitting here like today? Like, yo, know, they are the things I need to like make sure I'm doing. like if like there are the things that make sure Niall Morgan is like A, either in a good place off the field, but also be able to do what he's doing on the field. Because it sounds like, you know, it sounds like almost after you win and you get to the all R like the, the winning almost complicates the process a bit because you're either looking over your shoulder going, well, I need to actually add that but then maybe that takes away and then you multiply that out by if 10 different people have done that, like then maybe the, the the formula or the equation gets jumbled up a bit. So as you kind of come back in at the start of this year, in your head, what are you thinking, right, what's actually the things here now that are going to drive me
1: forward? It's going back to being a goalkeeper for a start. You know, yes, like it's, it's great playing out and, and getting involved, um, but like going back to remembering first and foremost my role in the team is is a goalkeeper, um, trying to keep things steady at the back, I'm trying to get better at my communication in terms of how I, I talk and instruct on the pitch, my kickouts, and then free kicks is going to be, the like something that I'm that I'm trying to add. So like it's going back to just practicing the basic way of goalkeeping, high ball, one v one situations. Uh as I said, talking to my defence during in house games or, or different uh, scenarios. You know, every kick out that I hit in training, I want it to be as close to a match-like situation as possible. So, like, telling out feelers, even if it's just practice, you know, I want to just go on full tilt, even if it's just a 20-metre sprint. So we can get our coordination uh, ironed out and and we're in sync in terms of where I'm delivering the ball and where you're running. And then practising free kicks at the end of every night. You know, it's not... 30 or 40 kicks like it could be it could be 10 kicks and you know actually you know counting them as a go that I know how I've performed each night uh, and then putting that wee bit of pressure that you know right I've hit 7 out of 10 tonight that's that's the minimum accepted the next night or if it's a windy night you know right I've hit, I've hit 5 out of 6 or 5 out of 8 you know from a closer range because there's no point in going out and Trying to slap the ball into the wind tonight. I've worked on my technique and ra- rather than rather than shooting, and it's um it's just finding them real basics that that are going to make me a better player. Because if I'm a better player for the team, that's going to help. And if Paulie Hampsey's a better player for the team, that's going to help. him. you know Connor Miller, and Kieran McGarry, Darren McCurry, Con, Brian, and suddenly you know rather than all them we one or two percents that we're taking away from the team last year by us all doing our, our individual things thinking that we we're doing better you know if we can start getting them collective ones back from the year before like then you know thing, things are only going to turn positive for us
0: like is there a sense I'm picking up there of almost like both Nile Island like you individually go right I gotta get back to basics I know you mentioned the word basics there like I gotta get back to basics and then I suppose, like, does that become a group conversation down at Back to Basics or is that you talking to one of your teammates or is that, like, kind of smaller pods of conversations? Like, it just sounds like that, that there's kind of that kind of mentality of we got to get back to what we were doing. And I suppose my second question, which, is, which I'm kind of interested about, is that kind of shift from going to we have the chip on our shoulder, I need to prove people wrong, and then actually we've won and we've won it so to do it again, we almost need to prove ourselves right, if you get me. like Talk to you about kind of, I know I've given you a double barrel, like a long question there, but talk
1: to you about those kind of two things. We're, we're all creatures of habit. Um, if, I, if I'm i on the pitch every night for an extra 15 or 20 minutes, you know, somebody else is going to see that and they're going to say, well, hey, I, I want to do that too. And then there's two people in the pitch and then there's, there's four people and then there's eight people. And then rather than you know, everybody going in after training, you've got a full squad of players that are that are practicing for an extra 15 or 20 minutes on on their absolute skills. Like, it's it's not a, you know, a whole team thing where you're playing a match against each other, but, like, I'm getting the kickouts to Brian and Con who are, who are staying on for an extra 10 minutes, you know, and, and, like, this is something that always happened, you know, and it happens in every county, and you know that yourself from experience. Like every county's doing it, every club team's doing it. But I think last year we moved away in terms of, like I said, I was doing an extra bit of gym work. Maybe a couple of all boys doing an extra bit of gym work. You had maybe a couple of boys practicing their free kicks, um, instead of practicing, you know, passing with each other, making runs. You had a couple of boys maybe doing extra bit of running by themselves, you know, and it, like it sort of just got a wee bit individualized. Um, whereas this year it's back to like you know. Half forwards are playing passes into wing half or into full forwards. Midfielders are are practicing with keepers. Defenders are in there, like trying to stop the the forwards making their runs and stuff. And like half backs are making runs for kickouts. We're practicing our free kicks. And it's all just gelling to get together as a team. And it really frustrated me, as I said earlier, whenever I heard people saying about us being disjointed over the last couple of weeks, because genuinely, I've never been part of a team. And that's club as well that is so gelled together. And like, it's like there's me, Matty, Petey, and Ron McNamee the, the, old, the old hands now, like in terms of age. But like, we feel just as comfortable talking to the younger boys. Um, and when I sort of think back to whenever I came into the team in 2013, 11 years ago, whenever you had the likes of uh, Conor Gormley and Stevie O'Neill, and like you're good friends with them now because you played with them for, for a few years. But whenever I first came in, it was like I, I can't talk to the older boys, and it and it and it wasn't that they were putting up a barrier. It was like you almost felt like there was a hierarchy, um from from like just like these boys at three All Irelands. Who am I to, to go up and uh, start start with them? Like whereas the, the younger boys coming in now, like nearly all of them have All Ireland medals. Like they're coming in and they're they're the ones you know that are saying to us we're we're gonna help you get over the line like you know and there's I think it's just the next generation coming too like there's just a wee bit more confidence with them and they're a wee bit more outspoken and they're not afraid to get get in on, on the banter or, or in on the slagging like so it's it's only positive for, for the team and it's it's great for us. Um and then the the other side of the question was
0: yeah, no. I found, I'll hold my hand up there. I gave you about a four-minute question. <laughs> no, I was just saying. I was when I was listening to you earlier, and I like I was just you kind of talk about being the underdog mentality, slash like the chip yeah. on the shoulder. And I suppose from a sports performance perspective, whatever we like, it got So many teams like dip into that in terms of trying to get the extra look. It might get you an extra three percent or a five percent. Um, but I suppose then when you when you actually win and you you talk about yourself, the likes of Niall, Peter, who maybe ten years on the go trying to get here, um, all of a sudden like, what do we like or not? That chip in the shoulder is almost gone because you've done it, like you've proved it, and then it has to be this switch where, as a group, you almost have to focus on proving yourself right or being holding yourselves responsible or accountable to do it again because you don't necessarily have that chip. Um, I'm just curious what your thoughts are on
1: on that kind
0: yeah. of opinion or that kind of thought that I had while you were talking.
1: That that was actually a a, a say that I used after the whole thing that you know about proving ourselves right. Um, like, and people would probably wonder what what it, what what is meant by, by that saying. Like, and it's basically, you know, you are putting in so much time and effort and energy, and missing out on so many, you know, miss family time weddings, stag do's, you know, club games, club trainings. Um, like there's so many events that you miss out on um, and you're proving yourself right in terms of I was right to miss all that. Um, I was right to put in that time, effort and energy. I was right to, to go to training all them times and to, to put everything else sort of on hold. Um, and then you do it and you sort of start thinking, right, where do we go from here? And you're no longer chasing, you're being chased. And it it was just it was a bit of a strange feeling. Like we've had it in Ulster before. Um, but like whenever you're you're sitting and you're you're on the pedestal and everybody wants to knock you like it's it's a bit surreal, like, Um and I think just we didn't have the experience of, of how to deal with that. And like you look at a lot of counties whenever I a large group of players when they first all earned that don't really have that that experience of it like even Dublin like they won their six in a row but they also like what was it seven out of eight you know so after they won the first one they still had that that stutter where the they sort of felt like they were caught because they just didn't know how to how to deal with it yet and then the next year they won, they won it again and so then they go on the run and, like Kerry are in a position now where where they're being chased, and they've got a team full of massive leaders, but they're also in a position where they don't have loads of players that have been there before um and like that's gonna be the challenge for them, and like um that's not to say that they're they're not gonna do it because they've got a, they've got a team more than capable of of going on a, on a massive run themselves. Um, but it's like it's they'll notice it themselves. That there's there's a massive challenge there, and and also the the pressure of like not winning drives you on as well. Like I've seen a couple of the Kerry players talking about how like whenever they weren't winning, they were saying there there was no pressure on them. But it wasn't until they actually won last year that they realised how much pressure they were under. Um, and now they don't have that pressure, so sometimes that can let you play a bit more free. Um and you, you go and just enjoy your football and things work out, but then uh, sometimes as as probably what happened to us we we played too free, <laughs> and and left things open and um we we were caught because of it and and our skills just weren't weren't as sharp as what they had been and we we get caught and um so like that that is the challenge of of how you how you start you cope with without that real pressure of, of not having one more so than the pressure of having one. It
0: sounds like that like obviously a team and individuals have to do so much learning to win in All-Ireland but then also you got to learn a lot straight afterwards and sometimes as you said that maybe maybe some teams can get ahead of it and repeat it. A lot of the times teams don't and it sounds like both for yourself individually and as a group you've been kind of reflecting and probably had to look in the mirror and ask some, some tough questions to yourselves and to each other. And I suppose just as you roll in now to the whole season ahead and where your life is at in terms of those new responsibilities in terms of teaching and with family, are you looking forward to the season ahead? And do you feel like you are better equipped than you were previously to kind of manage all that and to kind of to balance those
1: kind of key pillars or components of your life? I always look forward to to playing. If I didn't enjoy it, I, would, I genuinely wouldn't do it. It's it is a privileged position to be in playing county football, but it's not one for for the faint hearted not one just to be taken, you know. Oh, he's lucky to be there. Uh, we we work very hard. I, I don't believe in luck. I don't believe in natural talent. Um, I think you get you get what what you deserve in terms of um how hard you work and how how much effort you put in and and what you're willing to sacrifice. Um, so like I'm massively looking forward to the to the year ahead, whether it's a successful one or not. We 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 don't know what's around the corner for anybody. But I'm always looking forward to playing and, and playing games and um I don't I'm not looking forward to the, the build ups and the chain rooms beforehand but um, and the nerves but I'm looking forward to getting out in the pitch and and like looking forward to, to playing against the best players in the country and and being on the same pitch and you know, sometimes I see that as a real real privilege and honour too, like to, to actually be on a pitch with, with some of these players, like and you know being being judged on on a, on the same level as them, and then like in terms of the school and and family life, like just embracing every challenge that comes with with both of them and and as I keep coming back to just always just looking to improve and and in, in all that I do and um just constantly challenging and constantly adapting and changing and and wanting to get better and think that's something that that everybody can do and everybody can take a lesson from and no matter no matter where you are in life or or what what level you're at at anything you're doing like there's there's always a way that you can improve and and you can move up uh, the ladder that you're on and um racking and it's I suppose from my point of view it was recognizing what I need to do to get there and you know that's probably where the biggest thing is not being afraid to open up and talk to other people and you know like I didn't become a principal by shutting myself away and filling out my own application form and doing my own interview like like there's lots of people there helping and it's not being afraid to ask for that help because you're never going to be the first person to do anything there's there's always somebody that has done it before and it's, it's drawn in their experiences to, to get them to help you and just as you've kind of described
0: that like you know, we talked earlier about, say, your start of your playing days or at senior to county level where there was almost like a, an act or like a persona of playing. But then kind of in the polar opposite end of that, what you're describing there is actually being able to, I suppose, look inside for answers or solutions, but also to be vulnerable enough to ask for help, to, to reach out for someone who may guide you. And I kind of was going to finish up on the note, as we not, mentioned earlier in the interview, you're part of the Gaelic Players Association's National Executive Committee. The Players' Voice podcast is produced in partnership with BO360, um, which is the GPA's player development program. And I suppose in terms of acknowledging that vulnerability and acknowledging that need and benefit of reaching out for help at times in a while, if you could say, like, a, if you had to hear of an intercounty player who was maybe in the earlier part of the journey or hadn't fully engaged with the GPA in a proactive sense, as you st- as you also talked about earlier, what would what would you say to them for someone who's maybe listening to this in their, you know, driving the car on the way to training or out for a, a recovery cycle or whatever they're doing? What would you say to maybe a fellow intercounty player that's kind of on the fence about whether the GPA can help them or what they can do to develop themselves individually?
1: Well, like for a start, reach out to your rep. Um, like every every team has a GPA rep who has obviously quick quick and easy access to to someone. A, ahead of them in the GPA like we've obviously Eamon does great job and uh, I'm absolutely torturing him all the time <laughs> and uh, we, we lost Ian uh, Reeves who was absolutely unbelievable as well and then there's like Chris and Arne now in Ulster as well and like the work that the GPA do uh, column as well there is a- always on the end of the phone and easy to contact and Tom himself is is very open too like so like it's just not being afraid to to go and, and make the contact and and ask for for it doesn't even have to be help but advice on on what you should do next I remember sitting in in university uh and Paddy Talley put me in touch with Ciarán Kearney who was a uh like he, he was starting a psychology journey I suppose at the time um and in terms of the sports and working with different teams and he was working with us and it was the time where I didn't know whether to, to stick with soccer or go to Gaelic, and I, I remember he just quite a real simple one. Like he got me to put soccer in a bubble and Gaelic in a bubble and write all the advantages of going back to soccer and all the advantages of going back to get or staying with Gaelic, and um, it was so simple, but like the amount of things around the Gaelic bubble was far outweighing the, the ones around the soccer bubble. And that can be the same with you know changing jobs, changing courses at university, um, moving house. You know, put them in a bubble. You know, what what what's what's one's got the most advantages and and which advantages outweigh the where the other. And um, but going back to the GPS side of things, like just never being afraid to talk. I it's it's probably one of my biggest strengths is that you know I'll talk to anybody about anything, and I'm not af- not afraid to talk about anything. Um, I talk about my vulnerabilities my self-doubts um, things that have that have happened in the past in terms of like me and my wife had two miscarriages I was open about it talked to other people Um, uh, losing games winning games abuse in social media letters in the post whatever it is and I think like as I said no matter what I've talked to anybody about I've never been the first and I think sometimes whenever you're going through that you think you're the first um, but there's always somebody out there that can help you and, and help you through things and it's just being willing to, to pick up the phone and like as part of the executive committee like it's like anybody that wanted to contact me about anything you know I, I'm there for them and doesn't matter what it is it could be a simple question it could be something that could change their life and I, I'm there to help and that's like just see that as you know what. That's one of the privileges that come along with being the, the G, part of the GPA and being a county player is that you're in a position that you're there to help. And something that you say to to somebody on any given day could be the catalyst to to help them make a big change. No, I think that's such a great a great note to end on, Niall. I just want
0: to. I know you're busy as we spent the last hour talking about and. Um, I know you have a lot of different equipment so I really appreciate you taking the time to chat today on the player's voice and I really appreciate your honesty, your insight, your vulnerability and just being able to have an open conversation like that and I know it'll relate to different people in different ways so just genuinely thank you very much for joining us. No
1: bother, thanks for having me, thank you. The Players' Voice podcast
0: is brought to you by the Gaelic Players Association in collaboration with Real Talks. You can search the Players' Voice on whatever podcast platform you prefer to find previous episodes with the likes of Vicky Wall, Lee Keegan, Ashton Thompson and Neil McManus. We would also really appreciate it if you rated or reviewed the podcast. Don't forget, you can find out more about the GPA's bio 360 program by visiting bio 360gaelicplayerscom my name is Alan O'Mara, and to find out more about my work as a performance and well-being consultant with sports and business leaders around the world, please go to www.realtalkstudy. Thanks for listening.